1: I too, Billy, nice. and you book a match with
0: me, that's right, Killian. Look at me, I'm a total package, I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I am here with Mr. Robert Car- Carpolis and Dr. Scott Chaplin. How are you doing today, boys? Great. I'm great, man the doctoring is doctoring doctor of desire um i watched i i think i watched on loop jim jimmy gigolo del rey like do his little dance for like 10 minutes a couple weeks ago anyway um let's get to uh the (laughs) patreon this monday we're doing hell comes to frog town this movie is wild and i actually have our schedule for the rest of the summer uh, July 31st, we're doing both the roast of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Brian Alvarez, August 7th, SummerSlam 1998. That is the Rock vs. Triple H in a ladder match and Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, versus The Undertaker for the uh, strap. August 14th, we're doing the, this is our Patreon roast, the roast of the Paul brothers. So Logan and Jake Paul, check it out. August 21st, we're going to have a mailbag episode. Uh, August 28th. We're going to do the top 10 feel-good moments in wrestling. Each each one of us is going to list the, our top feel-good moments in wrestling. Uh, because, because
2: we're the poster children for positivity. For
0: positivity. Wrestling. Well, I figure switch it up a little bit. And September 4th, this is going to be a big one, guys. The Roast of Vince McMahon. That's all I'll say. So, far. uh For the podcast. Uh, <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, next week I had, I had a wrestling trivia game, but I don't think I want to do that <laughs> anymore.
2: So for those of you listening that I, when I called that a month ago, when Dan's like, we're doing a wrestling game, like that's never going to happen. Uh, so,
0: you know what, what's, let me call an audible and what, what SummerSlam. Haven't we reviewed Robert that you don't want to, that you'd want to review. We'll do that in addition to dynamite next week.
2: I'll pull a SummerSlam. Uh, I'll find one that we already watched. The well, we got to tell him, Scott we got to realize gotta- we did it.
0: We gotta tell them right by the end of the podcast, all right? So by I the end of the that. podcast, you'll find out what SummerSlam where uh, Robert's gonna surprise us with what SummerSlam we're reviewing next week.
2: Yes, guys. Uh, if you're living and dying by which SummerSlam I'm picking, reevaluate your priorities.
0: I, I would I would agree. <laughs> August fourth, the roast of John Moxley, and our SummerSlam preview. Uh, August eleventh, our SummerSlam review. August 18th, Mystery Roast. How about that? You guys will have to you guys will have to tune in to see what it is. Uh August 25th are all in Wembley predictions and uh September uh 1st we're going to we're going to do the roast of QT Marshall. So uh,
2: by the way, uh <laughs> we're going to be uh, reviewing SummerSlam 2005.
0: SummerSlam 2005 seems
2: seems fitting since it does feature the current nxt north american champion dominic mysterio uh seems (laughs) fitting
0: yeah well uh congratulations dom big uh big win for dom um really big win i didn't get to see it but apparently like nxt ratings are getting close to dynamite ratings again which is kind of crazy
2: I don't know if that's good for NXT or bad for Dynamite. <laughs> I
0: think it's both. Um, but we're going to do something today. It's going to be called Ruin a Babyface, Deheat a Heel. Uh, and I gave the guys uh, five babyfaces and five heels. So we're going to go do this round robin. Uh, LA Knight, how would you ruin LA? I know he's technically still a heel, but he's basically a babyface. Uh, how would you ruin LA Knight? We'll start with Robert, go to Scott, and end in me. Robert?
2: Have him wrestle a match on television. Uh, (laughs) Nothing will quash the heat of of LA night more than watching that guy wrestle for more than a minute to two minutes. And you realize uh, you've been sold a bill of goods.
0: Uh, Faulty bill of goods, sir. Scott.
1: (laughs) Uh, You give him a guitar and remind everybody he's Elias.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got one. Uh, make him an actual knight have him come out with a horse (laughs) and a metal hat so he can't cut promos uh and then i have another one for him you hear yeah backstage and then you hear yeah baby and he comes out as austin powers so those are uh those are my la (laughs) night next uh cody robert
2: you uh, you have him get beat up by Brock Lesnar again, and then Cody's mom jumps the barricade and she kicks the shit out of Brock.
0: <laughs> well, I think that would hurt Brock. No, but... no, it'll
2: hurt Cody. And I want, and eventually, it's ending with uh, with Mrs. Rhodes on a pole.
0: Uh, that's all. That's all I wanted from my life, Scott.
2: Closest Dusty coming to marry a stripper. Mm-hmm. Scott. Uh, let him watch the the news for five
1: minutes, form an opinion, and then cut a promo.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, similarly, Scott, I just had, just let him go the way he's going. He's eventually going to be a heel. It's impossible. Um, all right, Hook, Robert.
2: You uh, You have him get really into his dad's old career and bring him out as the Hook Maniac he comes out in a singlet. He's covered in fur, uh, and uh, let the, or alternatively, uh, just let Tony Khan book him.
0: <laughs>
2: Those are the two surefire ways to quash an AEW babyface.
0: Scott,
1: uh, bring out his mom and show that he takes after
2: her and not Taz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's uh, just a very beautiful person, not a tiny murderer.
2: Okay, then clearly you haven't met Taz's wife. She's way fucking scarier than Taz. She will really. She, she will destroy you. Yes,
0: dude. He walked out. Oh, the I think I'm genetic... in mean love just by explanation. Yeah, Scott. Scott likes a woman who can beat on him. Um. All right. I, I like I, an
1: Iron Man match. You know, I like. I like. I like a sixty-minute draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I. Uh, I had for Hook, uh, right before his matches, he he kisses Taz on the mouth. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
1: perfect. Before he just every... acts
0: like super Italian with him? Yeah, yeah, just super <laughs> Italian. He just softly kisses him on the mouth. Not like gay or incest, just like Italian. Or just one day he takes off his hoodie and he's fat. <laughs> um, and I would love to see Psycho Clan cut his hair. Uh, All right, next. Eddie Kingston, Robert.
2: Eddie Kingston has to give a list of the 10 positive things he likes about pro wrestling. Uh, Or, uh, (laughs) you know, or he gets abs. I feel like he's one of those guys like Chris Pratt, where if he suddenly got in shape, people would be like, oh, fuck this guy. They like the fact that Eddie Kingston looks like, uh, you know, he's a beer or two away from losing his left foot.
0: You know, I'm just going to say mine because I had basically similar. I mean, I had him have him start to meditate and be grateful for his opportunities. Scott.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just I just had have him lose weight. I think if he loses weight, uh, people will hate him. And he'll look sick. He'll look like one of those raisin bodies, you know. He'll
0: he'll look like CM Punk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I never thought I'd see the day where like. Holy shit. Zack Sabre Jr. is in better shape than fucking CM Punk. Way better shape. Not just better shape. Way better shape. Um, All right. The Usos, Robert.
2: You make them drive to the arenas.
0: (laughs) Scott.
1: Holy shit, that was so good. All right, let me think of one off the cuff. Because I didn't even write one for the Usos. How to ruin the Usos. Oh, dear. Um, Keep them away from each other, I think. I don't think you can ruin the Usos. They're so damn good. It's just like, go back to booking them the way you used to. That's how you, know, you ruin the Usos. Yeah, book them-, them like they're a tag team in your company <laughs> and not a part of a great storyline. Just book them like any tag team.
0: Yeah, I had, you know, I had simple. I had, I, this was the hardest. This one was the hardest, which may mean that they're the most over out of these five, I think. Um, but I wrote, uh, they uh, they they come out and they go, welcome to the Usos Penitentiary. And then they start listing off depressing real life American prison statistics. <laughs> but it's just like, we're basically a third world country, boss. You know, um, all right. <laughs> um, all right. Roman, okay, d heat to heel Roman Reigns, Robert.
2: You let Vince start scripting his promos again. I want to I wanna bring back Suffer and suck and then whatever other Looney Tunes catchphrases we can start using to really stick it to Warner Discovery, Uh, ending with him becoming the new Speedy Gonzalez and being canceled for cultural appropriation.
1: Scott. Yeah, I I uh, I think the way you ruin Roman is you let him make a couple movies.
0: That's very possible. And I we'll come have, back. I, now, are you talking? He isn't the Rock? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not the actor. The Rock is that's for sure.
2: He's not, but I think he's got a look yeah at charisma he's... that could carry him. Like he's at least like. I can, he could probably do it like Jason Momoa does.
0: I don't think he could, but we'll see. I mean, from what I saw... Yeah, no but wrong, even Jason is Momoa
2: is, like, getting shit
1: already.
0: Well, he's getting yeah, shit from Yeah, nobody Diesel. even likes Jason
1: Momoa anymore. And he's
0: ser- yeah, dude, it's a wrap. He's hosting Shark Week. That's usually the end of your career. Wait, Vin Diesel is hosting Shark Week? No, uh... Jason, Jason, Momoa. Jason Momoa. Didn't you
2: watch Dynamite? He was all over the thing.
1: Oh, he, he looked, no, well, see, so w- the way I watch it is commercial free. Well, it's not really commercial free because I get to see the fighting still, but I don't see the advertising. I think it must be like Canadian or something, whenever I'm getting it from. But it's lovely to watch it the way I watch it. It, well, it,
2: well, sounds better it was better
0: than the way I watch it, yeah.
2: It didn't do them any favors, and you have Jason Momoa on a lower third and then Koda Abushi on the screen, and it's very much a before and after in terms of physiques.
0: <laughs> He wasn't dead. Right? <laughs> he, he wasn't. He wasn't dead, but we're just used to him. Well, being you know, cute. his
1: arms weren't working. Like, yeah, his arms didn't work this last year. He he like couldn't lift the bar,
0: and that was like a few months ago. So he is uh, back sooner than he probably should be. He does. It does feel like him coming in last night feels a, felt a little bit, and not not exactly, but it felt a little bit like when Hogan used to reveal uh brother brutai you know it's like i'm getting my i'm getting my friend a payday brother
2: yeah hopefully uh coda doesn't
0: go hang gliding oh that's funny but i love i love i love (laughs) the in new japan (laughs) i did all right uh i have i mean i love obushi everywhere yeah scott what do, do you have for roman reigns i said it already oh you did okay Roman Reigns. He uh he teams with Riddle and he starts calling himself Broman Reigns. Then he leaves his wife for a porn star, which turns out to be Lars Sullivan in a wig. Uh <laughs> next, MJF. Robert.
2: Uh you you have him go to Crown Jewel and uh he does the Hajj and he starts wearing a burqa. I think that'll go over really, really well with that, uh, with that
0: audience. (laughs) Uh, Scott. Who, who, who we shitting on right now? MJF.
1: Oh, baby, you want to ruin MJF? All you got to do is let him leave AEW and sign that WWE contract, Uh, baby. (laughs)
0: that's it,
1: it, it'll work for about four months until they do not know what to do with them.
0: very possible um mjf i was gonna say because well, the, the f- thing
1: about mjf is you can't
0: you can't what? go ahead go ahead no 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 you what's say on yours well you
1: can't you can't waste time with him and and wwe and i don't even blame them for it is like they have to kind of stall on people and AEW does it too obviously but um when you acquire MJF, you have to immediately push him, and you have to kind of keep it that way for good, or you're gonna see backlash because we are aware of how good he is. That's all um, I'm saying.
0: Well, they all stall, guys. But you're right about um, you're right. You are right about MJF. You, you kind of need to push him, or else it's just it feels like a failure if you don't push him. Um.
1: He's got to come in as Cody's boy honestly. I think that that idea if he's Cody's friend but it, you know that that original AEW storyline between him and Cody just start that over.
0: Uh that was great man. But anyway. Uh MJF yeah. uh I was going to do have the Fiend cut his tongue out so he can't do promos and he has to hire veteran character actor Richard Kind to do the promos. Uh, who always that sounds... Be, that
2: would be amazing, Heat.
0: <laughs> you're right. You're, yeah, you know, you're right. I just watched is Afraid. What a fucking great movie, if you haven't seen it already. All right, Dom. Dominic- is that streaming already? Yeah, you can rent it. Um, oh, okay. I rented it. Okay, Dominic Mysterio. Robert?
2: This is a tough one, because I feel like anything you do with Dom, uh, he's going to wind up uh still getting hated. So I think the only way to really legitimately the only way to really stop his heat is not let him cut promos in front of the live audience and just have them be pre-tapes because part of the fun is them them wanting to boo him. Um, there there really is there's no there's no wacky goofy way to uh to to make um uh less. I uh, give him less heat. He's just he's just got one of those faces and voices and presences where you just want to see him get the shit beat out of him at all times.
0: Scott
1: Um you you find out he he uh he he DMs people like Velvet and Dream. Yeah that's the even only that way way they'd still boo him because otherwise he's golden baby. Well yeah, yeah. <laughs> well they wouldn't let him out is what I mean. Like because you're 100 percent right. The only way you 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 ruin dominic is by not giving the people dominic (laughs) man who would have fucking thought that man i even saw his action figure yesterday um a picture of it and i was like my god it's beautiful and i could give a shit about
0: action figures so yeah (laughs) impressed uh gunther uh robert no wait no uh i i forgot to do my dom um i i say have him come out and he uh he goes, I'm done with mommy. It's time for daddy. And uh, out comes an AI Pat Patterson. But. Yeah, uh, they, eh, they'd
2: still boo that. They'd still boo
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gunther, Gunther, Robert.
2: Uh, the Imperium music hits. A disco ball drops from the ceiling, and it is the Gunther Saurus. And he yeah, comes sounds... out to German techno, and. Uh, uh, like Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright, and just boogies on down to the ring. And I think that is your new top baby face in the WWE.
0: Yeah, I agree. Scott.
1: Yeah, it's tough because you want to just go, oh, ruin Gunther. Put a uh, put a tutu on him, you know? But yeah. then you go, no, he'd find a way, I think. Because, you know, there are these guys that are just so talented, they're going to turn, no matter what you give them, into something good. Um, but... You know what? Just for fun, I'll say this. You, you change his name back to Walter. Because I do think Gunther fucking works, man. And Walter would look a little silly now, right? If you think about it. I love yes.
0: Walter, man. Or oh. or you wind
2: up making him a stripper and then he's pole Walter. Or yeah, it's, it's, a, it's
1: Like if Butch was like, I'm Pete Dunn now, we we would be happy because of Pete Dunn, but we'd go, ah, this kind of is doesn't make sense to regress like that, even though that's your name and we like you. So call, Yeah, I if, think if you want to ruin Guther, let him be like, I'm Volter now.
0: If they call him Volter, then uh they could have Jeremy Strong as uh Kendall Roy come out and you know cancel him. Because that was the beginning of the second season. <laughs> yikes, guys. That joke, yikes. All right. Yikes. um, Change it from Gunther to The Gunt. Because he's eating meatball subs again. And he loses the abs. All right, next up, Don Callis. Our final one, Don Callis. <laughs> Robert.
2: Uh, by Well, you don't want him to be a heel anymore. So you wind up making him a baby face with the crowd by having him come out there as the new Jim Cornette. And all he does is talk about how shitty the booking at AEW is, and he. I think up you're becoming, giving us
0: a preview of your review of Dynamite.
2: You'll, no, you'll be surprised about my review of Dynamite. But uh, I think letting Don Callis go out there, like when Cornette used to do that, like that like thing where he'd stand up for like a minute on Raw and then just shit all over WCW. I think mm-hmm. if Don Callis did that, fans would wind up absolutely loving him.
0: Um, You could do that with WWE, for sure. I think Tony will do that at some point, and he'll do it, and we'll, it'll make us like WWE more. Um, Robert, I mean, oh uh, shit, Scott.
1: Give him ass. And I, I don't know if he's, he seems like one of those guys that, whoa, sorry, my dog is so excited she started jumping on me. She heard Don Callis with him. Oh my God, he's jumping on me every time I say Don Callis with him, He starts jumping on me. <laughs> well, you know, hey, like, like, like father, like daughter. Okay, okay, calm down, baby. Yeah. So yeah, Don Callis. Um, if if you, I don't know, man. I don't know how you root, like because how to make Don Callis a baby face. I do not know.
2: He is have, so good have at him get attacked on, like, by a random fan. dude that's just my
1: favorite part about him i think is that every time he goes to do a thing he gets actually hurt is the coolest thing ever but i think i mean
0: yeah you want to make him a face well it's d.e to heal it's not really making a face
2: oh then partner him with chris jericho
0: (laughs)
1: no no (laughs) dude this faction is going to be fantastic
2: uh, Scott needs to be drug tested after that comment,
0: dude. I'm I'm hyped on it. I'm hyped on the faction. And... Um, I would say, uh, Don Callis. He comes out and he goes, "I found a new family," and then, uh, you hear, uh, Insane Clown Posse and give him Shaggy a Tuto. <laughs>
2: well, he already was with those guys when they were the Oddities.
0: Yeah, you bring the Oddities back.
2: I mean, that, that'd be, look, if they could find a way to bring back John Tenta, that may be the way to get Mike to watch Dynamite again.
0: That's true. Mike is not here today, guys. Although, you know, you never know with Mike. You never know. Um, all right. Speaking of Dynamite, <laughs> sir.
2: That that yawn was your, that was the perfect way to intro Dynamite. Was Dan just
0: loudly yawning? <laughs> And and Um, forgetting
2: there's a mute button on his microphone, so we can all, as forbidden, enjoy the uh,
0: the Dan's review of Dynamite. Well, judging by our latest numbers, uh, our demo is a yawn. Hour one, uh, Jack Perry versus Hook, uh, Jericho and Don Callis going out to dinner, MJF and Cole going out to dinner, uh, Jericho and Callis coming to the ring. Britt Baker versus some chick who really tried to get herself over. Kayla
2: and, Sparks. I wrote down her fucking name. Yeah. To be M- a professional here.
0: MJF and Cole backstage. And then the uh finals of one of uh the hundred tournaments Tony is running. Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia versus MJF and Adam Cole. Robert, you said that you had a surprising view of this hour. What did you think of it?
2: I love the first hour of Dynamite. I thought this was some of the best TV they've put out there in in quite a while. The Doing the Jungle Boy intro and then cutting the music off to have him basically burying Jungle Boy. And now his classical music entrance. Uh, the match with him and Hook, the crowd was really into it. I thought they did a really nice job. Taz sold it really well on commentary. Uh, Jungle Boy getting the win made logical sense from a booking perspective, and now you want to see Hook get revenge. Uh, the the Jericho Don Callis thing—it looked like they were at a cheesecake factory, which didn't make this seem like a really special high-end meeting. The MJF Adam Cole thing at Kalu's—it's one of those insidery wrestling restaurants like a Jimmy Seafood where all the boys end up going, so they want to put it on TV. They were funny together. It it works. You're bringing out Adam Cole's personality. Max is is, uh, making the most out of what this this nonsense is. Uh, Britt Baker just beating a random nobody because you needed to get some women's representation on there was great. Didn't love the fact that Kayla Sparks is supposed to be the heel, but she's decked out in all of her pride gear. And you're like, oh, no, you're the villain that we're all supposed to be booing. Uh, That felt a little weird. Uh, Cole and MJF giving each other matching trunks and jackets was fun. And then the match... With them and Danny Garcia and, and Sammy Guevara, the 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 remix of the song, the goofy dance off, uh, the post match with you know well, uh, teasing that Adam Cole was going to maybe hit Max with the belt, FTR coming out. This thing was just a joy of pro wrestling, and the audience was super into this nonsense. Like the double clothesline being a finish, and the crowd came unglued in a match where you don't have to this, hurt yourself. This
0: felt like a WWE crowd, right?
2: but it's Boston. They knew what they were getting. This is a huge WWE crowd. And I thought this first hour was just a pure joy of wrestling.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, Scott.
2: Uh, yeah, man. I thought
1: this first hour, not just the stuff Robert said, which I agree with everything he said. Um, but even the little moments that he didn't acknowledge that I thought made this one of their best hours that I've ever seen too. Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes actually um, in a while, at least because man, okay. Like e- even the moment of, uh, you know, revealing the Owen Hart action figures or the way Taz was acting all night because of what happened in the first match, which the first match, you know, maybe it should have gone a little shorter, but It was fucking fun, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Jungle Boy's new theme is hilarious. Um, His new gear works, so I'm fine with it. It's not, like, too much of a stretch or too uncomfortable. The MJF Adam Cole uh, hang was genuinely enjoyable, actually funny. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, thank God for MJF for saving this. It's like, no, let's be honest. This is a classic wrestling storyline
2: and Scott's gone.
0: Scott's gone.
2: Scott it's is a classic just... Scott Chaplin moment where he's <laughs> in the middle of a, moment, a point, and then his uh, his prepaid minutes on Cricket Wireless <laughs> ran out. Uh, thanks, Cricket Wireless for sponsoring this week's episode. And <laughs> Scott's cell phone.
0: Scott. Scott, hey. I can't hear you. Jesus Christ! Can you hear me? Kind yeah, Scott's of. Scott's in the yeah. trunk
2: of a car right now.
0: Yeah. Mike Christine is pissed off at their okay, Patreon. Okay, can you numbers. hear me now? Taking to the pine barrens. Yes, yeah, you're 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 you're, just keep talking. Let's see how it goes. All right, I'll keep it short and sweet. But um,
1: I thought down to seconds. This hour was just very, very good, digestible, and made it feel like a uh, like a pay per view card the way it was laid out. Which I think they do a really good job of having nights like this on Dynamite, and it was one of the reasons we loved Dynamite that first year or two where every two weeks kind of felt like a pay-per-view and you'd have like two or three smaller matches and then that big match that mattered you know um loved 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 this yeah but the mjf I guess the big Adam match Polk- that matters no that's a lie that's all pretend everybody's full of shit and they play pretend um and we see it every day um, that main event was a blast. And oh, you're so full of shit. Right now, yeah. Well, well this Here, ready? This is how, this is how, this is what I mean. You know how you guys go like, because I think I got cut out during the Adam Cole-MJF thing. You know how people go, thank God MJF is saving this. And you go, are we playing pretend? Adam Cole is talented. He's given an opportunity to be talented because this is a classic wrestling storyline. Well, I'm not including that. I'm not
0: including that. You're talking we'll, to Robert. No,
1: no, I know. But it's, what I'm saying is people fall into these little like, oh, of course this is bad and this is lie. And then as you break it down, you realize it wasn't bad. You're just a loser sitting on a couch. No, no, no.
2: It's not bad. Here's the deal. Adam <laughs> Cole is a fantastic, bland, mid-card babyface in these pack roles. He is the straight <laughs> guy in these. He's funny in these. But he's not a guy where you look at him and be like, that dude is an absolute top-tier main event. You're like, no. He's perfect for these sorts of vignettes. It's It's great. It's like when they put JBL together with Takamichinoku to teach him how to be an American. Like that's what this feels like. This
1: is sickness.
2: This it's, is sickness. It's
0: it's hard for Scott to defend when he sounds like he's calling from a prison phone. So um Is I, it the USO I, penitentiary? Is... <laughs> I did not like this whole episode. Um well, maybe... you're a cranky old man, Dan. Get
2: positive, like Scott and I.
0: Maybe maybe I'm just fucking wrestling yeah. out. Um, because, you know, I, I did like collision this past Saturday, so I'll say that. Um,
2: well, let's get through the first hour of dynamite before we, uh...
0: yeah, let me give my thoughts on this. I thought, um, the jungle boy wrestled like a heel, which was good, but I thought the match was kind of boring and I don't think it should have just been one belt shot to take out hook because you've built him up. I don't know why they don't have Anna (laughs) J with, um, with jungle boy because she's can't wrestle and she's hot. So fucking make her a valet to get heat. Um, Kayla Sparks, like, I don't know. She was like really trying to get a shine out there. And I think it hurt the match a little bit. Um, I get it. You want to make the most out of, you know, your jobber spot, but that's not really why you're there. You know, I I thought the, I, I thought the MJF cold stuff was good, but it was like, a little ho donkey. It almost looked like it was getting filmed during COVID, and General Sal's isn't spicy, as my fat guy notes. Uh, and the double clothesline line that they were going to use on the waiter looked terrible. I mean, MJF was good in it, and he was good later on, but I don't know, man. I just didn't give a shit as far as the match. I mean, I hate to sound like Cornette, but there was just too much silly shit. I know we're, you know, it's going to be going to this, you know, heel turn that we're all going to hate MJF again. Um, and, you know, they had the dance off, you know, because it was a sports entertainment crowd and, you know, they're kind of doing a sports entertainment angle. Um, I do like Danny Garcia's little dance, uh, but I also maybe a, uh, latent homosexual. Uh, the remix. Well, How did great. you feel
2: about Max's little dance?
0: Eh, I was a little trying too hard. I gotta be honest with you. I, I didn't love. I, I, I'm telling you, man, I just didn't love this whole, you know, Sammy's dead, whatever the fuck they have done to Sammy. I mean, there's no deader wrestler in that company than Sammy. And and Jericho and Callis. I mean, you know this is just gonna lead to something none of us care about, right? I mean, that's that's uh you you have Jericho. <laughs> you
1: know, this, is, this, is... <laughs> what? this sounds like Dan at his prom smoking a cigarette out front of your prom. <laughs> <laughs> just complaining about everybody inside. <laughs> And you I'm know sorry. Sammy and Danny aren't going to work out. That's fucking horse shit,
0: dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dax. I loved FDR confronting <laughs> him. MemgF uh, doing a tope was great. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't care about this hour. And maybe I'm just fucking sick of watching wrestling. I don't know. Um, but uh, I thought the first hour was better than the second hour. I'll say that. Apparently, uh, Scott now thinks I don't like Kenny Omega because – I called this match for what it was, which was overrated fucking garbage match. No, I just
1: want to hear your explanation, because I didn't I didn't read or see any reviews. I didn't see any reviews on this match. Um, I will say this. I didn't see any uh, highlights posted either. And yeah. that's usually a bad sign, right? Especially for a match like this, where you go, oh, high spot, high spot. Um, turns out this match did not have a lot of that, which I think is... Part of the reason I liked it so much.
0: There was a lot of spots. But I yeah, mean, the, go ahead. The... I want to
1: hear your guys' opinions because well, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: interested. Let me say, our two we have Blood and Guts, but before that, we had Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy backstage. Darby Allen, man, he was the most natural baby face when you didn't give him a mic. And when you give this guy a mic, I mean, his personality just fucking stinks. And, uh, and uh, now he's got like Nick Wayne with him which just feels like he's like being forced to hang out with his, like with his little brother or something like that. I mean, I just thought that this was, I, I just, I just don't, I don't understand what they're doing with Darby. I just, you know, and I also don't think you can make him a heel really either. Um, cause you just did that with jungle boy, but man, the guy is just uh fucking so unlikable when he talks and, uh, and then he didn't put his hand in for the let's do it, which, um, you know, in, the, in that sense, in in that, in, you know, like that would have made sense if it was like Kevin Owens and Sammy backstage because they would have been arguing about something. But Darby just got what he wanted. So why doesn't he just reluctantly put his hand in? Um, he's cool and edgy, Dan. Yeah, he's, he well, he is, he's something. He's cool. He's cooling off. Um, yeah, I, I, what did you guys think of this segment as before we move on to blood and guts? Uh, I mean, I,
2: I again, they're booking this for Mike Lawrence to give AR Fox some more TV time because Mike loves him some AR Fox. Uh, this was just, it's like they didn't give a fuck and they just threw this out there. Uh, no, Darby's not a good baby face. And at least they remember Nick Wayne is a thing. So maybe he's not back in action and ready Scott?
1: Well, he wrestled on Dynamite last week, right?
2: Yeah, that match was a week ago, but sometimes when they debut somebody big, you forget about him for oh, like I, six oh, okay, to eight okay. weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, my irritation with this is I am, I will be going to Collision this Saturday, uh, thanks to Dan, and um, and they were like, find out Rampage matches, uh, I find, I'm sorry, find out Collision matches on Rampage. I'm like, come on, man. We're not doing that. So that that was, I was very excited about this moment where Excalibur gets to read off the collision matches, and we didn't get to have that.
0: Do they even have a main event set up? That's
1: my one negative review of this episode. Well, we have one match set up: the uh, trio smash, yeah. title matches on uh, House Black versus uh, you
0: know, the acclaimed which i thought they were feuding with QT and QTv now or something but i guess not is that who's going to cost them the fucking title so yeah. i think they
2: claim face QTv on rampage uh not that i'm giving away spoilers cuz it's <sighs> i mean you don't want to hurt those numbers
0: why wouldn't you do one angle to fucking build this match up it's a big match <laughs> uh, i don't get it uh all right let's get to blood and guts I, look, I just thought this was kind of a spot fest. I, I don't understand why for kotobushi's first match, you don't have it be an actual match uh you have it be kind of a garbage match because there was a time where he was one of if not the best wrestler in the world uh, at the end of it was it to turn was it to turn in blood and guts I mean was it to turn Blackpool Combat Club babyface if you haven't seen it pa- Pac walks out Takeshita walks out. And then they hand and then they handcuff John Moxley and uh Cesaro or Claudio to the ring to watch them choke Will or Yuta out, which makes I mean, it makes the elite look like heels, but it makes it's not really much of a babyface turn, it just kind of makes you know the Blackpool Combat Club you know look like ineffective baby ineffective baby faces. And I guess afterwards they all shook hands so. They are turning Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I guess they're turning him face again, even though like it feels like Brian Danielson has had like a million face and heel turns in this fucking company. You know, I, I just don't think it was a great way to showcase Abushi. It doesn't I,
1: feel like a face turn. It. Fe- what? No, no, uh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, you can keep talking. That's fine. No, no, you can go ahead. No, I mean, um... I, I just thought, and I just think the Bucks are like, I don't know, they just kind of don't. You know, I just don't. I'm not enjoying Bucks matches anymore. Um, yeah, I just, I you know, I just really wasn't that into it. Moxley coming in with a screwdriver. I mean, he's just become a fucking parody of himself. You know, uh, you know, some of the the thumbtack spots were cool. I guess the nail spot was cool, but it looked like relatively safe, which I guess I also like, but. I don't know. With that spot, it, it should look a little worse, I guess. I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, dropping the thumbtacks from the top of the cage, that was cool. The pock spot through the table, that was cool. Uh, hangman Adam Page just feels like an afterthought. He does not feel like your former world champion. You know, I, I used to compare him to, you know, Brett after winning the title and then losing it at nine, but they're not even doing that with him. I don't know what their plan with him is. It just felt like, uh, just a fucking mess. It felt like guys who won't take direction and, you know, I I think even Kenny, I could see him like waiting on spots and stuff that I usually never see Kenny do, which I get because, you know, it's a 10 person match, but, um, wasn't into this match. Scott, tell me why I'm wrong.
1: Um, I mean, you're, you're never wrong about waiting on spots in a, um, in a war games or blood and guts match. Right. Uh, it's kind of like an elimination chamber too. well, even worse actually. Um, but uh, that given, I thought the layout of this match was the layout was pretty flawless in terms of entrance wise. Every entrance was exactly how it should have been. Kenny and Cesaro started one. It's a dream to see those guys in the ring um, alone with each other too like the justification they give. These are the guys who can go the longest. Both teams decided to pick them. Uh, They are the cardio guys. That makes sense. That fucking rules, right? Uh, Then you have Pac come out. You basically have a handicap match with Pac, Cesaro, and Omega, and it was a damn good handicap match. Uh, Then you have Hangman come out. So you have this moment of, uh, one, they used to be a tag team, obviously, but two, if anybody uh if has tension with anyone, it's Kenny and um and Hangman. So, you know, you get a sense of like, oh my god, they're past, whatever, right? And I think you get some really awesome moments. You get Hangman's back uh backflip off the cage, which like you said, a lot of high spots. I didn't think there were high spots. I thought there was a oh, lot of hard hitting spots. I thought there was a lot of like oh a better god, but yeah. that
0: way to looked put like
1: it. it hurt. And I, I think I I think from have seen as you guys are talking i'm scrolling you know most people's complaints are like really nails really glass and it's like that's what i liked about it and what i liked about it is those things weren't introduced until moxley showed up who would be the guy to introduce those type of moves Who uh, would be the guy to ruin things, a match right? <laughs> then the, uh, but it doesn't ruin a blood and guts match no, no it's fine nails, i was
0: fine with that i was fine with that it
1: didn't look dangerous it, it looked uh yeah, it looked devastating to me. I mean, my biggest issue was they didn't move it to the side of the fucking ring after a while. So finally, when you have Coda doing a double team, a goddamn block of nails is in the way, so Coda can't do it, and he botches. I will say this: you know, Coda comes out, he's pale as fuck, he's pudgier than you've ever seen him. That doesn't help. But at the same time, you have to remember he's injured, you know, um, or was injured. So he, did, he, did huge, he did get a huge. He did get a huge. He did not a year, get a
0: huge reaction at all i thought no
1: but like i told you guys in the text they thought he was uh the guy mark Wahlberg uh hate crime so that's all that was it's the same reason they had mjf and adam Cole attack a a a fucking chinese restaurant worker um (laughs) they uh they don't like what they don't like over there but uh but also you know you say this isn't the way to present coda at first and unfortunately it's like the only way you can present him um he, I, for, I forget what he broke or tore last year, but he was unable to lift the bar. Like, this February, he was not lifting the fucking bar. Uh, he fought, I think, Joey Janela soon after that. You could tell he was hurting. Uh, so to put him in a 10-man match where he doesn't do much, he doesn't do much in this match, does kind of preserve him. But at the same time, you go, hey, Tony, maybe they don't pull the fucking gun on him yet, though. You know? Now, the only thing you sit here and you can be sour about is like, this feud shouldn't even be happening. It should be CM Punk and FTR. Um, yes, you know, the Takeshita stuff, them leaving, it's loaded, but it does make sense. Pac leaving, it's loaded, but it doesn't make sense. Uh, and I think that's why like. it was super practical. It progressed storylines. Remember, this isn't a pay per view, it's an episode of television. It progressed storylines while squashing storylines. I don't think. Blackpool Combat Club, are face, they're just fucking pro wrestlers who went through a hell of a match and so they shake hands after. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought there was a lot of a lot of awesome moments. Now, here's what extra sucks about it. Uh, it's such an important match where guys are killing each other and you have commercial breaks because it's on TV. And I'll never get over that. That stinks. Uh, but the way I watch it, I don't see commercials, but you do see the lull in activity which makes it not as great of a match. But that's it, man. Robert, what did you think?
2: (laughs) So, look, I I think up until Moxley went in there, this was booked properly. I I agree with you, Scott. Starting with Claudio and Kenny made the most sense. Pac coming in for the two-on-one because Pac's whole reason for being here was he wants revenge on Kenny Omega for breaking his face and sidelining him for, they said they hadn't been on TV in seven months. Uh Hangman evening it up, up and doing Spirit of 76, all that stuff, you're fine. Moxley coming out there with the screwdriver is in character for Moxley, but then you're giving the fork to Claudio, and you're like, alright, we're, we're getting a little like it's a game of Clue, and then the bucket of glass <laughs> the bucket of glass came wow, out, me. I think, way too early, because every time somebody lands on this, you know, glass, they have to sell it and then it becomes comical watching these guys flop and flail and when they land on the glass or if they forget that they're standing on the fake glass and like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to sell this, uh, that it's just an element that you don't need that early in the match, especially because, you know, you're going to bring out a bunch of other shit later on. Like it could have just been Moxley with the screwdriver and that's enough. Uh, when they when they let Takesha in there, he looks huge, which is great. Like he looks like a big imposing presence. But they had, like Scott said, that stupid fucking bed of nails, which was like a comedy prop that felt like goofy it's like i can hear a cornet being like well you know just bring a fucking shotgun into the ring if you're going to set up a bed of nails uh like it's a medieval torture bring bring
0: that fiend hammer in.
2: bring the fiend hammer that should have been the next thing they (laughs) use uh and then it was in the way it was it was cumbersome but the way you set this up where Coda's your last person it should have been Kenny in peril, like on the bed of nails, and Coda runs in to make the save for the for his golden lover partner. Instead, Coda comes out for a pop that does not happen, which is awkward, and then slowly like fights Yuta, and then eventually makes it into the ring. I think if he would have ran into the ring, saved Kenny from the you know crucifixion on the bed of, of, of nails, that would have been a better way to introduce the guy part of your problem here is they just threw way too much shit in this match and the crowd because it's a WWE crowd it's a Boston crowd just stopped paying attention and they started chanting we want tables at a point where all of the elite had all of the blackpool combat club in the turnbuckles and they were all going to do like you know simultaneous 10 punches or whatever the crowd didn't give a shit they're like we want to see tables and then when they brought the tables out I was like we want to see fire because they want to keep escalating and escalating and escalating with talent That, quite frankly, is too good for this kind of – you don't need the garbage match for these guys. And if this really was, to to counter Scott's point of like, well, it's a TV thing. It's like if Blood and Guts is supposed to exist like war games, this is the big payoff for this heated feud where all that matters is winning. And Pac just being like, oh, uh, Claudio you know, accidentally uppercutted me when we know why it happened. And he's just like, fuck you guys, I'm leaving. Like, this doesn't make any sense in their own world because his whole mission was, I want revenge on Kenny. And then he's just like, fuck it. I did like Don was pulling Takeshita. I like this idea of like, all right, this is a losing battle. Let's fight another day and go. I can see why the finish made it feel a little weird with the, the guys are handcuffed and they're choking out Yuta. It's awkward to have a match where baby faces win by submission or, or or surrender or whatever it is, where it's not going to feel like that. You're never going to have it five on three the other way, and then the babyface is still wind up. Winning. I mean, it depends so,
0: on the move you use, right? If you use a sharp, it, it kind of depends. And we,
2: you knew it was going to be Yuta that was going to take the L out of everybody that was in there. Uh, it was definitely an anticlimactic finish, and I do feel like you turned Blackpool babyface because now those guys want to get revenge against Pac. Do we give her? Do we really care? not really uh and yeah everyone's right there is a bigger storyline out there you want to see these guys going against punk except if you watch punk wrestle on tv I don't know if they necessarily want to see punk wrestle on tv I just want the one promo I think that's all we want we want the one <laughs> promo and, and then just like hopefully he tears a quad and he's just done but <laughs> as far as commercials go this is the weird thing I don't get from a tv production perspective This whole week was sponsored by Shark Week. like It was fucking everywhere. It's on your LED ribbon Chompy was there. Whatever the fuck Chompy is, they're promoting it. They should have gone commercial-free for that hour, sponsored by Shark Week, and then you get a huge rating, and your justification is you're promoting other content. So doing it commercial-free because, remember, once everyone's in the cage of death or whatever the fuck it is, At any moment, someone can surrender. And as soon as you go to commercial, you're like, all right, I can stop paying attention for a couple minutes. And that sucks. And it drags this thing out longer than it needs to be. We learned with AEW on collision. If they give you an hour long, great wrestling match, crowd's going to love it. We learned with, with the MJF Adam Cole match, which was super safe. If you give them a sports entertainment match, they're going to love it. You don't need to do the hardcore death match nonsense where you're risking some of your top guys getting hurt because the audience is not going to respond to it differently than they're responding to other stuff. And I think they just need to look long-term, even when they started rattling off in the previous blood and guts, like, well, Jericho was horribly hurt in one of these. Santana was horribly hurt in one of these. Matt Menard was horribly hurt in one of these. It doesn't make me excited for the match. It makes me worried you're going to lose someone you've invested a lot of money in or, you know, the bucks.
1: Well, you know, I'll also say this. Um, they, They've never really done a great job in one of these matches. Um, This is, I mean, and that's the other reason. I think this is my favorite version of um, war games that they've done, this Blood and Guts, because the other ones, especially when you look back at them, it's like, man, I could care less about a Blood and Guts that had uh, Jake Hager in it, you know? So thank God it was these men. And, I mean, in my opinion, you know, the one write-up is, coda doesn't seem completely ready um and not just in a physical appearance way because hey guys are going to look the way they look but like genuinely botching in moments um i think coda maybe had the most botches in the match and he came out last so that's just a bummer you feel bad for a guy who hasn't been wrestling for a no minute, i felt bad for the guys shit, having to
2: sell... coda I felt bad for the guys having to sell Coda's one punch <laughs> when he came in. Like he threw the weakest looking punch and like punches
0: two- though, his, punches. No, his punches were good though. No, all right. his punches are no, no,
2: go back and watch those it's, first it's... punches when he comes in. And he's like, they're 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 weak. And like the guys are selling them like it was uh like when Mickey Rourke threw that punch at WrestleMania and Jericho acted like he was dead. Like the sell job versus yeah. the punch didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he again—it's like that Jeff Hardy coming out dancing thing. It's your boys getting killed by some nails. Um, I understand soaking in the crowd, but like a little more pep in this step.
2: Also, did they break? Every also, if one you're of having a debut, rules? I don't care who you are, go tanning. But hold on, I think I think Moxley broke every one of those rules. He spit. He uh he like bled near the crowd. They were doing like he was doing a seizure cell job when he was on the uh the bed of nails. It's like, okay, you know, you make the rules, I'll break them. Maybe we were all getting worked by that list.
0: Yeah, or they just don't respect Tony's authority. Yeah,
2: it. Dan, that's not true. There's no one yeah, more well, respected in wrestling you... than Tony Khan <laughs> hit a cowboy hat.
1: <laughs> hey, how great, Dax being like, uh, next time play our music into the camera. Hey, Tony, next time play our music. That the was champs. my highlight of the night. So fun. Sure. Yeah, more of that. That is fun. They're the
0: best tag team in wrestling, those guys. you know. Oh, God. No doubt, man. Especially because the Bucks, like, what the fuck happened to the Bucks? Can we talk about that? Yes, they're how I've always they said they are. No, they've had what great What are we matches. talking about? They haven't
1: been in what tag matches? What tag matches have they been yeah, in? Yeah, but this even year? their shit, and then their shit look look doesn't look
0: good. Their shit doesn't look that great in the you're ring. Bugging. Right
1: they were great in this match.
0: Yeah,
2: Dan, you're bugging. They were great
0: in this match. I guess I'm bugging.
1: They were great in this match. Uh, you had like you were like dealing with Dorito dust at the moment.
0: <laughs> hey, it was White Castle Onions, great. asshole. Um by the way, Dur-
1: Yeah, I got I got onions on my fingers, so you can't enjoy a blood and guts match. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll have you know, sir. All right. I don't know. I don't know if I'll have you know anything. Did everybody see? Uh, since we have a little bit of extra time, did everybody see the uh, dark side with Abdul the Butcher this week? No. All right. Well, I guess we're not fucking talking I didn't about it, but this. But Moxley did.
2: Well, hold hold on. I mean, if look, if we're if we're going to talk something <laughs> something collision, I think we all saw collision from from last week. Um, the uh, the the FTR Bullet Club Gold match is at least worth a cursory mention. I'm sure it was going to probably be Dan's high spot.
0: It was a Correct. terrific. It was one of the, It was maybe the match uh, of the year. Yeah, that was my high spot. I mean, that match was phenomenal. Those guys, you know. So
1: Dan texted us. Scott. Yes, he did. Yeah, Dan texted us and said this might be match of the year, and I was glad he said it because no, I don't think it's match of the year because Osprey and Omega exist. But when you're watching it, it feels like it's match of the year, no doubt, dude. FTR versus uh, Juice and Jay, man, hell yeah. Juice
2: is good.
0: I hate to break it to you, Dude, he's great. Hold Juice on. I never good. said Juice you know Robinson wasn't
2: it's... good. He's just... His promos make me want to fucking rip my skin off because he never plays like he's in on the joke and it's annoying. I didn't say he's not a capable wrestler mm-hmm. in the ring.
0: I kind of like his He's great on promos. the mic,
1: too. He's certain... Yeah, he's certain people got to get used to, but once they get used to him, which you're noticing they are, you go, oh, shit, that's that's what he is. He is a joy. It's just a little unsettling at first cuz it's different, yeah. but goddamn yeah, I mean, is it good.
2: Because if there's one thing AEW is good at, it's patience with character development. Look at Ricky Starks.
1: <laughs> oh, Ricky.
2: I like you you spend all this little window of time making Jungle Boy a solo babyface, Hobbs a killer heel, and Ricky Starks your your underdog people's champion. And then just give up on all of them within like two months. This Well, is, yeah, Hobbs
1: is already done with QT, right?
2: Hobbs is done with QT. Or, or about is to heel. be done. There's He's tension, done with him. yeah. I think that he like walked out on him a couple yeah. weeks ago, oh, whatever gosh. it was. It's just, it's weird because you're trying to get fans invested in in these characters. And then you pull like a WCW and you're just like, oh, let's change it. Like it's very Vince Russo-y. And not in a good way, uh, not that there is a good Vince Russo way, but this is definitely not a good way to get these guys over. It's like, give Ricky Stark some time. They've only done three episodes of Collision. They're putting him up there as one of the top faces on that show. And now all of a sudden he's a heel. It just feels kind of goofy.
0: Did you guys see uh, Triple Mania? At yeah, all? I'm all
2: for
1: correcting errors. I did, man, I did. I, uh, I really enjoyed um... – Omega versus uh, Vikingo. I didn't think it was better than the dynamite match, but I did like it a
0: lot. Was um, it better, better than QT in an ambulance?
1: You know. Dude, QT's ambulance match was fun too, man. Holy shit, right? It, it was fun, dude, but it's weird seeing like that, him in
0: that match, man. It's weird seeing him in like a in a blood feud.
2: In
1: like it's a like high seeing, stakes match, yeah.
2: You know it's like it's like seeing Jim Varney when he's not earnest.
0: <laughs> like something just feels
2: weird.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, ex- you're right. Yeah, it's him and Beverly Hillbillies. You're like, wait, what?
0: He's Jed? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think... I mean, that's the only thing where it's like, what is like QT like a hardcore icon right now? Like, how did this happen? Well, hey, dude, He stole, he's he stole a,
2: Matt Cardona's he's, gimmick.
0: He's, got, he's in
1: a fatal four-way at the next uh, Triple Mania.
0: That's who QT is, man. QT is a poor man's Matt Cardona. Dude, what
1: if he's like the the right tommy dreamer like he's the like like, (laughs) he's like course corrected tommy dreamer like if tommy dreamer did love a woman and kids and not just the idea of what
0: wrestling is to a 12 year old robert gets suspiciously quiet on the tommy dreamer jokes it's one one of three one of robert's three friends in wrestling hey robert is anybody listening <laughs> has anyone unfriended you because of the show uh no oh wow
2: no people they, they they generally get it um and those who have listened enjoy what it is that we do so they bang, they bang. all they all understand the spirit of of our conversation that we all deep down just love pro wrestling and everything about it and it's there's never anything wrong with it and sorry what was the last thing I'm supposed to say there Scott it's dope
0: <laughs> in uh, it's the
2: best in fact let's do let's just do high spots we don't have any low spots this week
0: <laughs> well that's a great transition robert <laughs> what's your high spot and low spot this week
2: my high spot uh is a, a kind of weird high spot it was the uh the viking rules match from raw just because i thought for sure this was going to be my low spot uh they put a, a half of a viking ship attached to the ring they put a bunch of stupid shields uh, they put Titus O'Neill on commentary I'm like, this is gonna be absolute dog shit. And Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders pulled out a really fun, silly, hard hitting match. Maxine going through the table looked good. The whole thing was just a hell of a lot of fun and reminds you that occasionally when they do goofy stupid shit, man, this is uh, this is a lot of fun and an absolute blast
0: well i didn't watch it because i value my time what's your uh low spot this week robert
2: uh my my low spot was uh oh i had it and i just lost uh where the fuck it was. oh uh on on raw there were a couple of of kind of inexcusable production fuck-ups on their end one of them was you had byron saxton supposedly sitting in the back getting ready for a pre-tape with uh seth rollins and then the immediate next thing they went to is byron saxon doing a stand-up interview and it's the same shit that i get on aew about production wise like wwe should have been paying attention to that flow and they should have realized you have a pre-tape and you have this and, and you should really uh you should really fix it uh and then there's also uh some potential reports out there that uh live morgan may have hurt herself which is a shame they they kind of rushed the the tag title switch, I think Chelsea and Sonia as the women's tag champs makes a lot of sense. But uh, the uh the possibility that Liv maybe hurt would be a real a real bummer because I think that uh she's a lot of fun as this kind of little firebrand thing that's attacking Rhea when you want to see Rhea and Raquel. So I, those did, my, I my spot that spot.
0: I did like that Finn Seth segment, although you know, you gotta have Finn win at SummerSlam, right? Because you had him lose against Edge, you've had him lose a bunch against Seth. What else I do you
2: do? Know. So, well, you have Priest out there with the briefcase. So, so is the put drama the title on of, him right
0: now?
2: Well, that's why they put so they put the title on, they put the North American title on Dom. So Dom has a belt. Rhea is the women's champ on Raw, so she has a belt. Priest has the briefcase and then the leader of Judgment Day, Finn doesn't have anything and he's going for the title. So either Finn wins the title and then Priest cashes in on him or Finn doesn't win the title and it's like, "Well, why the fuck do we need you?" um oh my, my other my other low spot is uh it's i mean i'm, I'm proud of the guy but it kind of i would have liked to have seen it uh eric young had signed back with the wwe and then when he found out about the endeavor deal and that vince was back immediately asked for his release and they gave it to him he showed up on impact i'm happy for him happy for him being an impact it's just kind of i think he would have been a hell of a lot of fun as potentially part of judgment day or just something well they're, apparently they're
0: bringing the wyatt family back and he was supposed to come with them
2: oh, okay so then he was spared he was spared the uh being being part of whatever the fuck's going on with the I Wyatt guess it's family it's gonna be it.
0: bray joe gacy and Bo dallas you now that's the new Wyatt family that's uh oh gee okay yeah you know, i'll give that a uh, i'll
2: give that an og
0: yeah i mean you know bray is uh in a lot of ways bray is the cm punk of wwe you know where oh, he's not back. that out of
2: shape. <laughs> he, comes
0: back, he comes back. Everybody's excited, and then you see him have a match, and you're kind of like, ooh, I don't know. Yikes.
1: Um, hey, wait. By the way, because I'm going to forget, and it, it is a slight high spot. We'll get into my high spot. So here's one slight high spot. Um, MJF, when well, we'll High spot, was we'll spot. Yeah, yeah. We'll stay on me. yeah so, so this is like, two high spots, I guess. One slight high spot, because I don't know if you guys mentioned it. Um, when MJF is drunk uh, on Dynamite in that segment when they're out to dinner, and he says that there was 99,000 people watching him in Sasco, whatever the hell, yes. um, on Collision, because, like, no one was in attendance for that show. Um, I loved that. I thought that was fun to acknowledge that. I like that a lot. Um, but my other high spot, man, was, you know, this last Saturday when I got to watch uh, Vikingo. I got to watch FTR first uh day in June and then to wake up the next morning and watch um uh, watch the G one, which uh what it was like the second night of the G one. You got to see Eddie Kingston win. Um Have you I think seen Eddie any Kingston more of the G1, on a winning streak no? right now in the G one. Like uh I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've read results for you know everything. Um but you know I watched Osprey's first match which um you know spoiler I guess if anybody cares but it's already out there but he lost his first match in the G one idea being he's kind of selling injuries from the omega match that he won just like omega was selling injuries in the vikingo match uh which he also lost against vikingo so just like a lot of really cool fun fun wrestling happening in the summer uh which you forget happens until the G1 rolls around um and then my low spot is uh they're, they're, they're trying to keep uh trying to keep a free man mm. caged by arresting my man Teddy Hart. His, his car smelled like weed, which is just how some cars smell now. Actually, they come like that. Well, uh, no, he, he so had ecstasy on him. He had ecstasy. Well, some cars come with that too. It depends. <laughs> it might be a hybrid. Or something.
0: Goodbye, Teddy Hart. Uh, <laughs> should we? Should we? Uh, as our one charity for the show, should we have a Teddy Hart pledge drive and just? Like a Teddy Hart uh go fund me to get him out of jail so he can come and kill us finally.
1: Oh dude, a, a bail fund for Teddy Hart and every time he gets locked up, he gets bailed out would be so ridiculous and possibly dangerous to uh you know, the women of uh whatever county he was arrested in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully those cops check the trunk. That's all I'm that's all I'm hopeful for. Should I be
2: worried we're mentioning Teddy Hart and I hear dogs barking?
0: no teddy teddy we
2: hardly knew you no we know way too much of you yeah we we do know way too much (laughs) of you.
0: i actually have you know i know i've been kind of sour on this podcast but i do have a bunch of high spots i I read the vince book i thought it was really good it it, kind of like you know rushes as soon as it gets to the attitude era but um you know i forget who's the writer but shout out to her uh i Um... i I got fight forever. The AEW gameplay is, is super fun. Um, it just reminds me of no mercy. You know, the storyline is for the, for the, uh, campaign is kind of dog shit, but, uh, the, the, the gameplay itself is super fun. And if like you're new to wrestling games, I I would suggest fight forever over 2k actually, even though the 2k graphics are beautiful. And if you know, you know, if you know the controls and you're like a real mess wrestling, like, like Die Hard probably you like 2K a little bit more but as far as if you're a casual I I think you know you can't go wrong with Fight Forever um obviously FTR versus Bull Club Gold I I really I think I liked it more than Omega Osprey, which I know is crazy that's awesome I like that good for you yeah no I I did I dig it. it it just it just felt to me like I think I even liked it better than their matches with the Briscoes man and and I was I was happy to see you know people you know Jay white and juice have been taking a lot of shit sometimes from hosts of this podcast. So it was, <laughs> it, was uh, it was nice to, you know, I've always been on the Jay lethal train and uh, it was nice to see those guys. And I think, you know, i another high spot, just Chelsea green, man. She stuck it out, dude. You know, this, this lady, you know, she was in WWE for like a cup of coffee. Vince got rid of her. They didn't ever see what she could do. Then she went on the indies. She made a name for herself again and came back and as is generally, you know, like a a high spot of raw now, you know, and um, I think they should keep those titles on them for a long time, especially because, you know, Rhonda's leaving and, you know, Liv is injured and and I also think like Liv's won the tag titles enough now that it doesn't really do her any favors. Um,
2: Also when Samantha Irvin announces her, on Raw, it's a blast. Like, she's the only person that gets a different vocal inflection than everybody else, and it's really funny, and it's helping to get Chelsea over.
0: Yeah, she's 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 a blast, man. Her and Cardona, you know, like, you know, never has a wrestling couple done so much with so little in a lot of ways, you know, um, where it's like, you know, they just keep, I mean, Cardona just keeps, it's like, yeah, I'll dress as The Undertaker now because everyone was The Undertaker, and that'll piss everybody off. Um, I think you should start doing Kenny Omega's gimmick and just wrestle like really basic moves to piss everybody off. Um, <laughs> my low spot was, uh, you know, surprisingly, it wasn't the stuff I criticized on dynamite. It was Cody's mom's acting. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, uh, the segment where Brock, you know, it's a good angle. Brock did it before in like 2013, 2003, when he did it to Zach Gowan. um, but he beat up Cody and you can just tell how fucking much Cody's mom is sick of wrestling, you know, like just the fit, the look on her face of just like, ugh, I got to sell this. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, you got to make her sell, man. And I mean, it, it was a good, it was a good idea by the booking. Um, but it, as far as like, you know, when Cody set it up good, But then you have it, it was like the opposite. Like one of the things that we love so much about the Ray and uh, Dom angle was that moment when Dom uh, told his mom to shut up and they always looked so disappointed and heartbroken in the front row. And then Cody's mom, while he's getting destroyed by a former UFC heavyweight champion, just kind of looks like, all right, how long do I have to be here? You know, Um, that's the same look Rock has that's yeah that's true i think brock brock's kind of likes this angle you know
2: um yeah he shows up for four minutes of work and then leaves uh i can see why he's a fan of this also did you see the, the at least the, the trailer for the new cody uh special they're doing on peacock that no. looks fantastic uh i think scott may have sent it out
1: but yeah that's a high spot that looks great there's
2: a part yeah. in it where they they comment awesome. on how Vince personally flew to Cody's house to sign him, to re-sign him. And it's Kevin Owens who's talking about it. And he's just like, yeah, Vince doesn't do that, but he did it for him. Well, to be
0: fair, Vince had to leave the state that day. So it just, it was a nice, it coincided nicely.
2: (laughs) Very good. But apparently he does, uh, Cody does talk about AEW in the documentary that they did on Peacock. So it should be pretty good. And the, the narrative of it of like, him trying to prove himself to dusty and dusty adopting all the other nxt kids uh it should be uh it should be the kind of thing to help build cody up to win a world title that he's never going to win
1: and get this boys um one positive of this being around even though you guys hate it is AEW, of course did not agree to give them cody footage because why would they but the Bucks gave WWE permission to use BTE footage. So there will be being the elite footage in the documentary, which is fucking cool. If I was them, I would want to like,
2: footage. You,
1: but you go like, oh, wow, why are these guys filming everything? I mean, they got clips of everything. And then it's like, oh, wow, that belongs to them. They can, they can sell that in the future if they want to. And then... All of a sudden, these boys are businessmen, best is, in the business. That's right, is... the Young Bucks.
0: Ooh. Oh, Ooh. didn't you <laughs> didn't you want to talk? <laughs> Scott, didn't you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> Scott texted us. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I really just saw the FT. I actually zipped through the CM Punk Ricky Starks match. I saw the finish. I didn't see the first half of the match. But you texted me. You think Punk needs to go back to developmental?
1: <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I was very frustrated with him. Here's why. I don't mean he should go back to. De- of course, CM Punk is one of the best storytellers in the ring, in my opinion, that I've ever seen. I I get sucked into a CM Punk match, right? Um, dude, his match with Ricky Starks, though, he doesn't even want to land flat on his back. He like he lands the way I land on a trampoline.
0: God, are you talking or did you fit out? Yeah, hey, sorry, someone started calling. Me. What the hell is going on? Jesus. But anyway, um,
1: yeah, man, I thought there was moments in that match. I mean, again, you know, Punk, he can't commit to a backflip. Everything he does, he does it like he's like a guy who's not good at diving into a swimming pool. I think and he's just afraid it's to just hurt becoming more and more obvious where it's like. I think that's what it is, but it's like what but he's gonna hurt himself even more. He's doing that thing where it's like even we know you're supposed to land flat on your back, but he's so hesitant of getting the move done to him. He's like landing on his fucking hip bone and shit, and it it makes the moves look worse. It makes even if it's not a botch, it just makes it look kind of dumb. uh, and he yeah, he's gotta he's gotta like focus in more or something because he was rolling around with Ricky. Uh, where you could tell they were forgetting what they were supposed to be doing, or they were just weren't good at calling it, and maybe that's a flaw in young guys like Ricky. I don't know, but I know that match was botchy as fuck.
2: Well, Dan, maybe we should call it before Scott's phone explodes.
0: Yeah, it was it was hilarious to see, um, Liger just being used to hold the tournament and get. Trophy and get pissed off. So I guess maybe this is we do know a Liger Ricky Starks match. Oh, that was match. criminal. Yeah, oh, it was. So? Well, did not he retire? I he retired. Retire. Right?
1: Retired. Yeah, he retired.
0: I mean, maybe Tony would pay him. I mean, he's a wrestler, so yeah, Tony pays him an awful come back
1: up. There. I didn't
0: like that. Yeah, it was real weird. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh Pat Buck who had his second child yesterday. Um, congrats, Pat from the entire Russell Roasts community. And uh, yeah, glad you're over there. All right, folks. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, watch your hands. And uh, we'll see you on Patreon Monday. Hell comes to Frogtown. SummerSlam 2005. Next week, along with uh, our regular Dynamite review. Until then, it's never goodbye.